welcome to Three and Two, the podcast where we tried so hard, we got not very far, and in the end, we win about as many games as we lose. I am your host, Matthew, and with me tonight, as every night, well, not every night, every month, is Rich. Hello. Yeah, every night is news to me. I better start packing a bag. <laughs> and also, Laura. Hello. Nice, nice and succinct. So, <laughs> this, is, this is sort of an interesting month, isn't it? As we've not got up to a huge amount, there's been one million books released between the last podcast and this one, and we've done some painting. So let's jump straight into that with Laura. What have you been painting? I was expecting you to go to Rich first. All right, we'll, well, I was we'll build up. Oh, yeah, I was going to yeah. Rich last for a specific reason that I'm okay. sure nobody's aware of. Yeah. I have painted, I guess, I'm going to count this as ARS related. I've painted a warband for an ARS 28 narrative event I'm going to, but they're based, they're heavily based on the Corvus Cabal. So I could probably run most of them as the Corvus Cabal in ARS if I wanted to. So I'm going to claim credit for those. So I finished that project and I have also painted some small heroes. So I painted my code right for the Caradron Overlords and I painted my Mortisan Ossifector for my Ossiart Bone Reapers, which were both fun experiences in trying to remember paint schemes for an army I haven't painted for a year or so. But yeah, I'm quite happy with both of them, especially the code right was a really fun model to paint. You take the opportunity to write something cheeky in his book. I didn't. I wish I had, because I know friend of the pod, Roxin, has written well, actually, in his book, which is a really good idea that I wish I'd thought of first. So I've just done lines of slightly wobbly, tiny text, which is less interesting. Hmm. And now I am working on a mutilith vortex beast for the narrative component of my Slaves to Darkness army, Yeah, which is coming along, but it's a massive model, so it's taken quite a while. Looking good so far, though. Very bright. Yeah, I'm a little bit... The rest of my army is not very bright, so it will either be good in that it will sort of bring everything up with it, or it will look really weird, and I haven't quite figured out which yet. So I think it will work. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it, it makes, like, narrative sense, because it's sort of yeah. zuchi and weird, so... Anyway, I guess listen to the next episode to find out whether I hate it or whether it came out okay. Jesus, you don't really war- have any this, other... I've never read this War Squad before. It's awful, isn't it? it's not great for sure (laughs) i don't think it's completely awful if you it can do some things but it's probably not going to see the table competitively i think it's yeah yeah you don't really have any other demony stuff in the army thus far right yeah i have basically none i've got no i've got furies but they're not demons are they no so it being bright and weird yeah maybe yeah, makes I sense. Cool way. And he isn't right, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. A, I think I think bastard, narratively, sort of law wise, it's fine. It's more just aesthetically, it might look a bit weird, but we'll see. Matthew, what hobby have you done? I have done very little. I've basically, so I think last episode I'd finished some Sylvaneth, and I've started some more Sylvaneth. I also bought three Wildwoods for some reason. So I built (laughs) them, which took a long time, but hopefully they will be less painful to paint than they are to build. I didn't realise they were a pain to build. They look like 
that'd be quite straightforward. Huh. They're quite straightforward. It's just lots of holding things in place oh. because they're, they're not the, the best fits because it's it's modular in what branches and leaves you can use in sort oh, of gosh. a way that they okay. all end up looking the same anyway. It's kind of pointless modularity, but it is. But in a way where they're just sort of like very loose ball and socket joints. So you have to hold it in until it's glued. Uh, okay. And you have to do that like eight times per tree. So it's just a bit of a... Yeah. It's not It's not hard, right? It's not like building a spirit host. I don't want to like die by the end of it. Oh, those but... fucking ghosts. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's just like a bit of base coating, a bit of... I've got a fairly big batch on the go and it's sort of... 60% through it, but the remaining 40% is like all of the highlighting. So once that batch is done, which may be a little bit of time, that's 2000 point army just like finished. Oh, um, wow. Awesome. That's, which, yeah. That's nice then. Which is partly down to how points expensive Sylvaneth models are working really, really in my favor there. <laughs> Do you reckon it's a reasonably well optimized list or is it just like a 2000 points off what you liked? It's it. I painted towards a specific list in mind and Sweet. I've got enough other bits just because it's so easy to collect Sylvanath because they just bring out a incredibly sick box about every 18 months that has just <laughs> like everything you want in it. So I just got two of those and it's like 2000 point army and change. Like I got the one that with the Skaven in. And the Christmas one, which was like two tree lords and Dryker and two units of tree rebs, was just like that's perfect. It's like all good stuff. It's all, that's a uh, lot of the list these days. That's like that must be a yeah, thousand exactly. points. It's all killer. So that's really exciting. I don't have any of the bugs, which is a bit sad. But you're going to paint a Lariel at some point. Yeah, probably. Yeah, nice. It's nice to have a big centerpiece as well and gives you some they're, list they're options all as well. Big centerpieces. Well, yeah, like yeah, everything the, is. When you've got like three tree lords, you need a bigger centerpiece to be the centerpiece yeah, for the tree lords. If you're running a L'Oreal, you're not running tree lords. She's <laughs> <laughs> a 900 point model, but yeah. Yeah. In a nation of tree lords, the two is king. Is this. Dursu is a constant disappointment who never does anything <laughs> in my very limited experience of running Dursu. Yeah, he's a bit more reliable in actual silver because you can give mm. him the D3 extra attack sword. Ugh. Yeah, which is quite nice. But yeah, like so the list I'm painting towards will have like one of each kind of tree lord, which is nice, and a war song, which is one of my favorite models in iOS. So it's cool to be able to. It's cool that it's good. And this song is my least favourite Silverleaf model, I think, but it's good that Ooh, we have different views. Yeah, I I like the more humanoid stuff in no, Silverleaf. I like yeah. the sort of mixed tree, horrible spite. Yeah. yeah, I like Rather tree than like the old tree stuff. Yeah, I just I like don't like reference. the thing around the more song's head. It just doesn't quite work for me. But I know a lot of people yeah, like it, so that is. It's very easy to leave that off if you don't like it. I oh, really? get it on because okay. I quite like it. But yeah, no, it's it connects underneath his hair. Yeah, so if okay. you just leave it off, you'd need like a tiny bit of green stuff to fill the hole. Good to know. Yeah. Nice. There you go. For when you want to ally one into your... I've got a very small amount of Sylvaneth for my Living City yeah. Army. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't 
wouldn't rule out expanding it one day. They were fun to paint. Yeah. If the rest of the army gets squatted, then maybe I'll make a silver neck <laughs> army so that I can continue <laughs> to use those bits. Maybe. So, Richard, I don't think you've done anything, have you? Mm-hmm. Hardly anything. No, I've done quite, comparatively for me, quite a lot of AOS hobby since last time. When in last time I said I'd like built some cruel boys and stormcast from Stormbringer and was thinking about painting some of them, I have not done any of that. I have fallen hard for Soulblight Gravelords. Oh, yeah. So they are going to be my tournament army this season for as much as like my volume of attendance at tournaments can be considered a season. So, so far, I've painted two models for that army. One of which is a single skeleton warrior, which I am pretty happy with. <laughs> I've got to do like 19 more of them at least. And the other of which is a white king, which doubled up as my golden, like my last minute pivoted golden demon entry because uh, I wasn't having fun doing the thing I was planning on doing. And I just started painting the white king as like a bit of a break from that. And then I got really mm. into it and like kept messing with it. And it ended up going on a plinth and going gone demon. <laughs> so, yeah. And I will not be humble for a change. And I will say it got a finalist pin. And I'm super pleased. Yay. So, so it's now. It's a classic model. It's cool to see it like still holding up amongst all the, all the new it. stuff. It's, it's so characterful. I did like magnetize him to the plinth so that I could, like, the logic being like, even if it doesn't do well in golden demon, I can still use him in an army mm. and now that it's got pin i'm not sure whether he will get used in the army or not or whether he might live in a cupboard forever on his plinth but yeah you, didn't... you probably wouldn't be too sad if you never use the white king on foot you could i get... did not write any lists that included one so... <laughs> i was gonna say that you could get the sons of velmore and underworld warband and then you could use their leader as a white king on foot if you ever wanted one do you think i will buy those when they come out separately from Nullwood, so yeah. That might be an option. Other AOS stuff I've done. I painted the Gore Chosen of Drom for Underworlds, the three big corn guys. I have a little bit of corn stuff and I was thinking of changing my paint scheme back to a more classic red and brass kind of corn scheme because I've been quite entranced by the new Corn Berserkers for 40k, but I absolutely don't want to do that army. And I don't even really want to like just paint a unit off them for no reason. So I applied the colour scheme to the Gore Chosen. I think they look quite good. I had an absolute varnish nightmare with them where they nearly exploded. Or I nearly exploded in rage at them. So which is very corn, really. They ended up looking okay after they'd been saved from the varnish. So I like that scheme. Next time I do some corn stuff, I will probably do it red rather than bony. Yeah, Um, they look really good. Thanks. Yeah. What else? That's that's about it, I think. Yeah, just sort of like list building and theory crafting for Mm. Soul Blight and buying the core stuff that will support that. So like I bought the old Soul Blight start collecting before it went off sale because it's a very efficient way of getting some Black Knights and... Graveguard, both of which are, spoiler alert, pretty good. Good. Going in every list I've written. So. Yeah. Oh, and White King on horse, which is an absolutely awesome model. 
I yeah. love that model. Yeah. Are you going to paint your entire Soulblight army to Golden Demon finalist pin standards, or are you going to have to make some sacrifices <laughs> along the way? Hoover up a lot of pins next year. <laughs> no. I mean, you saw the, the Skeleton Warrior I did. I thought he was pretty good. Sort yeah, of like, like, let's say, Games Workshop army painting kind of level, maybe. Uh, so very much in that sort of heavy metal edge highlighted style. I'm not doing anything particularly fancy there. Yeah. But it's an army where, like, unless you're doing a very specific, silly kind of army, you're going to be painting a lot of stuff. So yeah. you need to be able to sort of crush through it, otherwise it will last forever. Yeah, I'm the only... My only nod to, like, doing it to a higher standard is, I think, for the vampire stuff. Like, the mm, yeah, I've just primed a metal vampire lord that you sent to me actually matthew which i think is it's one of the von Karsteins who doesn't exist anymore oh is it conrad's conrad two cross swords yes it's a cool so model. i milliputted him up onto a 40 mil base and put some rocks mm. and stuff around him i've literally just primed him and i'm gonna try out jh miniatures has like an evy contrast series where he mm. The way he puts it is like using contrast and highlights to paint a single mini to the highest possible standard. And so he's got a method for that classic red, like Blood Dragon style vampire. I so I think I used that. I used that or I used the uh, the dry brush man on YouTube, whatever they are. Artis Opus. Artis Opus, yeah. I used JH or Artis Opus on my Vangorian and it came out very nice, sort of metallic yeah. cherry red. Pretty. I think there's a Tyler Mengel one as well, which I'll have a look at before I commit to anything. But mm. I think I will do that on like the vampire stuff. So like the riders and armor for the Blood Knight horses and stuff. So yeah, we'll see. I'm just kind of cross-referencing a load of stuff at the moment, like looking for like heavy metal schemes and things to just try and get some inspiration. Shout out, by the way, to uh, Evy archive.com which i think is run by infernal brush and his community who is an ex heavy metal painter basically it's like his memory of the default heavy metal schemes for various things like put into a step-by-step for so you can go in and then click on like death soul blight skeleton robes kind of thing and be a, it's not it's not universal. There's not like full coverage of everything on the web store, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's really good for getting ideas. So I've been using that a lot as well. So anyway, short answer: no, I'm not going to paint them all. Every metal standard. Long answer: no, but <laughs> this is going to be me fishing for a best army nom, hopefully. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. My words about complaining about display boards yeah. and make a display <laughs> board as well. It's almost like quite a hard range to really push a. For the to paint it in a way that gets noms really regularly, like you don't see many Soulblight armies picking up. Yes, I'd say like Beasts of Chaos has the same issue as yeah. well, where it's like lots of little guys, and it has to be really, really good, I think, for people to kind of notice it. Whereas yeah. you compare to something like Max, who is done like super high contrast, the super high contrast Slaves to Darkness sort of slaves to darkness above a pool of lava army yeah. that's done really well for like the last year. Max is lovely and he's put so much effort into that army. But it's so poppy that that is kind of what gets people's attention sometimes. Yeah, 100%. Compared to like very competently done, inverted commas, normal 
paint job. Mm. So anyway, I'd like to push for a nom. I don't really have any aspirations to win because I don't think I have a very good brain for like the interesting eye-catching scheme like that. But we'll see. Like, can't control what anyone else shows up with. So yeah, yeah, that's my hobby for the month or so. I think though. So hopefully, actually talking about some AOS for for the foreseeable <laughs> future because it's it's back in my brain. Nice. That's always good. Okay, so do we feel an ability to to muster up any lukewarm takes about Hamfest reveals? There weren't many for AOS. Understandably, a bit opinions. Understandably, a bit dominated by other games. But obviously, we've put twenty minutes aside to drag the old world. So, oh yeah, fuck them. <laughs> cool. There you go. There's your there's your twenty minutes dragging the old worlds. We'll probably cut that. So <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Oh, I mean, we can talk about the Warcry stuff because that's AOS adjacent. Yeah. The Warcry mm. stuff looks it, amazing. Yes. So in danger of buying a Warcry box again. Mm. Yes. Stormcast, yeah. I can take or leave. They look like Stormcast. They're nice. They're good. They just don't really look anything special. I want to know um, how they fit into an army. Like, is yes. it replace? Is it replacements for like five characters and a little group, or is so, it like so, do they go in as a war scroll? Like, Warcry historically, Battle? the Warcry war bands are all just one war scroll. Even so, the Hounds of Karanak? is that what they were called? Of the, Korn- the Jaws of Karanak, but they're just one war Maybe. scroll for the whole unit. But the like the champion of that unit looks like a hero, like it's mm-hmm. massive. Mm-hmm. Chris, friend of the pod, Chris, showed me a like side by side the new corn hero and that champion, and it, the champion's like twice as fucking big. Yeah, that so, ritualist is quite a small, small model, yes. isn't she? That's quite funny. So I imagine we're in for like a one war scroll covers everything, but who yeah. knows really? But <laughs> historically, that's what it's been. Uh, but how about those flesh eater courts? All right, that's so good. They're so good. We- yeah, yeah. It didn't excite me as much as I expected they might. Oh. Given that I like death and I like the vibe of the flesh eater courts, I think they're exciting more from the principle of like, look what they could do with some refreshed <clears throat> flesh eater yeah. courts, rather than like those models in particular. Okay. Yeah my my tinfoil hat is that. A flashy ear courts wave is probably coming. Mm. Yeah, there's been probably... enough stuff for it recently, right? That you know, like having the Christmas model last year as the flashy yeah. courts one feels a bit odd if nothing else is on the horizon. Yeah, it feels like maybe that could be a fourth edition thing because yeah, yeah. I thought that until they showed the roadmap with an obvious mm. place where the flashy courts battle tome would sit this winter. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, we'll true. That I can't, doesn't mean they can't get a range refresh. Still, I would struggle to see them getting a range refresh this year, given Cities of Sigma and Seraphon. Yeah, forty k. Yeah, but we'll see. Maybe not. But there's you anyway. Know, this is these are cool ass models. The the yeah. champion from this is like one of my favorite hero models for the last long time. It's really yeah. cool. All the little details are really nice. Hello, Feely. And the uh, like with the ghouls from the Warcry band and the ghouls from the Underworld's War band, it feels like there's enough stuff out there now that if you 
didn't mind you know doing it in a bit of more an expensive way you could mm. you can make you can do something a lot better than just the default ghouls yeah that come in the ghoul kit now i don't mind the default ghouls i think they're they're easy to overlook but they're surprisingly characterful when you actually go and look mm. at them there's quite a lot of hidden detail on the kit but i appreciate a lot of people hate that kit so uh, no, I think, uh, like, it's an old one it's not like a new yeah. kit or anything so um, i just but, really liked the ghouls from the warpy warband i just yeah, think I there's so much character in them yeah really that's nice a ones. great little the, the main thing that sets all the new ghouls cool. apart from the old ones is that they're standing upright rather than hunched over right i think that's the, the problem people have with the old ghouls is they're very hunched yeah the oh, what was i going to say yeah the the christmas guy in a chair mm. was really good yes i and have my... a bit of tinfoil hat going on about yeah. what happens to a couple of soul blight models if fleshy courts get a, like a full refresh because like the Terrorgeist and Zombie Dragon, they're, they're okay. okay those kits. Yeah, they're, they're like okay enough yeah. comparatively. I think what's maybe most likely is that they those leave Flesh Eater Courts and just become a sort of Soul Blight thing and get something new. But then you also got random the crossover with them. the. Yeah, you also get the crossover with the horror. Yeah, not horror, sorry, the. Yeah, crypt, crypt yeah, horrors, crypt um, horrors, horrors Vargskiers, not Vargskiers, Vargeists, um, Vargeists. Sorry, yes, Vargskiers are going cursed city. Yeah, so I mean, they seem like the thing in the Soulblight book that is a bit toilet, but yeah, still. I don't want them to go mostly because I think I've got twelve horrors and like eighteen flayers, so that would make me quite sad. But would be on brand for my journey through iOS. Um, I think more likely they'd keep. You know, you might get new models, but I don't think yeah. they're. I, I can't see them off. getting rid of more scrolls because it's a tiny book anyway. You could add a whole bunch of stuff to it, and it would still mm-hmm. be fine. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see the Vargskier going into Fleshy Courts because that, that makes war scroll is very, very, very similar to the Vargolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this um, is not so. And that Vargolf is a fine cast. The but then they'd have to make a way of you getting that model that isn't buying Radicar's Court at like 70 quid or whatever it is. So. Yes, that is true. I don't know if that's possible because it's presumably all on one sprue. E- yeah, it's, it, I don't think it's one, but it is right. it's split across sprues, definitely. <laughs> and then we got... We're not getting Broken Realms 2. We're getting... What was the one before Broken Realms? Malign Portance 2. Malign Portance 2, yeah. Everybody gets a little Babby Hero, which is nice. Yeah, these are great. These are I mean, the Broadly, book series like this, I can take or leave. I like what they sort of do in terms of setting up the lore and kind of, well, what one would assume beckoning in 4th Ed next year if yeah. tea leaves are read correctly, which is, it just seems obvious, but the models that they showed are really cool. So, the Grot is maybe the surprise standout favorite for me. Yeah, I like, I like it. It's so detailed for such a like, little guy. Luke pointed out that it's the the I lived bitch version of the Grot that's being eaten by a squig. <laughs> <laughs> In the squig kit. Incredible. 
I am yeah. a little, I don't know, the fire slayer disappoints me a bit, I think. It's a cool model, but fire slayers just don't need another little hero, mm. especially since his lore he cool appears extremely heroes. similar to yeah. one of the other little heroes. And I'm basically, any time they do a dwarf model now, a Dwarden model even, I'm just really sad if it's a man. There's so much scope for a female Dwarden. Yeah. Like, there are so many of them in the lore at this point. Just make a female Dwarden model. And this would have been a really cool opportunity to have one. Yeah. So, yeah, I will, you know, it's a nice model. I will probably buy it and paint it. But I'm, yeah. I do feel it's a bit of a missed I won't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, so, it's a missed four. opportunity to have been an elf. <laughs> Too many elves. Foreshadowing of a question we've had there. Talking ah, about heroes, so <laughs> we'll get to that. And yeah. also another another flesh eater, right? Yeah. Now desperately trying to remember anything about that model. Oh. It's got a big Same. bone. Big old I'm bone. Genuinely going to have to go and look at a picture of it. It's sort of hunched over. He's holding a big thing it's unclear exactly Actually, what he's holding it looks cool incredibly yeah it was quite cool i quite liked it yeah i think the harbinger of decay is a such a like faithful modernization of that um, mm-hmm. incredible that old model it's really good yeah even down to like i can't remember what the sign had painted on it from the old world for the original mini but They've written Lethis on it on the new one, which is really good. I'm kind of um, glad. It's nice that one of them was a sort of an updated model because it means mm. you can you have more speculation for what all the others are going to be. I guess. R.I.P. Lethis. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Mega Boss on Big Pig is just fully sick. Like no That's notes there, just awesome fucking model. Yeah, really great model. so good. Yeah. And it was nice to see something new that wasn't a small yeah. foot hero as yes, well. Yes, yes. Love it. Really welcome addition to the Iron Jaws range as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Getting that mid-sized hero unit is really nice for them. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the Fully fast layer one, Games Workshop? Where's the fast <laughs> layer mid-sized? The Magma Drop thing. That's a big one. <laughs> I, I can't so believe this, we... This thing I looks Magma Drop size to me. All right, I will take something bigger. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Mega we did skip over that we're getting baboons in AOS. There's just a baboon now. I think you mean corpse hounds? It's a baboon. Mm. Yeah. It is a really weird name to call it a hound, but it, it's not a hound. That Isn't that a because choice. they think they're a royal court and they're, they're yeah. hunting hounds? Oh, rather is it? Than... Okay, I'd missed that. Yeah. Right, no, that makes sense. Okay. Hang on, does, the baboon yeah. doesn't think that though, right? What's the, the law here? I don't know what the baboon thinks. <laughs> Does it think right. at all? <laughs> I think the boons probably have high enough brain function to be. Does the baboon have a concept of self? Right in viewers. <laughs> this is this is have what we, we want. Yeah. Have this we got we any biologists in the chat? <laughs> We've also skipped over the cities of Sigmar Cavalry, which I thought were oh. fine. Fuck that I wasn't mean, old world. I love them. I really, really like yeah. them. I really like them, but I think we've moved from no horses in Age of Sigmar to too many horses in Age of Sigmar, and now I want them to go back to doing weird things that aren't yeah. actually horses. But, you know, if four horse <laughs> models are really cool. Right, they're very nice. I will almost certainly paint some. It's some good... Impossible uh, for me to care about Age of Sigmar, unfortunately. Some good grim vibes. 
in the city stuff they've shown so far. Yeah. Like nice to maybe see a little little bit of a little bit more of the visual grimdark entering like the factions in AOS other than chaos and death. Hmm. But yeah, we'll see. Like might still hate everything else that comes out with them, but of what they've shown so far, they're really good. Yeah, good times. That's it. Yeah. Was that it for AOS? I don't I think you got I'm... you got distracted halfway through googling the new fleshy at Quartz Guy, but I'm sure it's yeah, fine. I looked at it. I I just forgotten him. He's good. Got a big, yeah. like you said, big. I'm bun. quite excited for the new law. Like Broken Realms had genuinely really good law, so hopefully yes. these ones will be the same. I don't like the framing of the sort of one crusade will succeed and one crusade will fail. That feels a little bit. I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. I yeah, would, the, even the if fleshy it's really crusade obvious. will succeed, and the <laughs> yeah. the cities of Sigma crusade will fail. There's That's two cities it's of Sigma crusades: one going into Skyrun and one going into Akshi. Sorry, um, it's all gone yeah. a bit early medieval. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like realistically, you know that. Probably, if there are two crusades, that's probably going to happen, and inevitably they're going to encounter all sorts of different factions on the way because that's what happens when you get these kind of book. But I feel that when you say that out loud at the start, it lessens it for me, and I want that bit to be yeah. the quiet part. Yeah. Who's cru- why crusade into Gyran? Leave the Nurgles had enough shit in the AOS law. It's because they're coming out of Hammerhall, Keeps... so one goes to Gairan and one goes to... Okay, that makes sense. I was going to say, like, man, Nurgle and Corden keep getting whomped ever since this came out. Yeah, they really do, actually, don't they? Uh, Laura can attest that when we were watching that reveal, we were sat watching it on our phones at Warhammer Fest because we hadn't got into the actual preview. I They showed the map at the start, and I went, Oh, that looks like Hammerhall. And in hindsight, I have no idea why I thought that because it's like a little blob that's like a city, mm. and then a big space on the t- like above it and below it, as though it's like two different nations. But that's not how Hammerhall works. It's between two realms. It's not just yeah. between two countries. <laughs> so have... you were just reading the vibes. Yeah, the vibe was right. Clearly, the realm of life is north of the realm of fire. <laughs> I'm just looking at the the rabble rouser again, and I'd completely forgotten the tiny bat squigs. They're so good. <laughs> they are very good. Oh no! It's got to stay the course. You're paying sublight now, Rich. Yeah, and you know, I, there's some gits bubbling along, but they don't include any grots at the moment or squigs. So he can be your next no... year's golden demon. Yeah, maybe, maybe that was. I've seen that prediction a lot. That that Harbinger model is going to yeah. win Golden Demon next year, and I think that's bang on. I think it's yeah. gonna it's gonna do really well. Some models come out and they're just obvious Golden Demon bait. Like when the Tidecaster first came out, it was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, someone's well, going to paint this yeah. real nice. Looking at Golden did, Demon this yeah. year, there were certain models that you looked in the cabinet, and there were six of in there. It was quite yeah. amusing. Yeah, the Orc Mega Boss from Forty K on the Squig Shark thing. Hmm. There yeah. was like. Ten of those across yeah. like four square feet. <laughs> so... And the orc who's having his chest cut in half with a big sword <laughs> showed oh, up yeah, an awful are, lot uh, being mm, murdered by various thing. different things. Yeah, that's sad. So, if we're running low on hot takes about reveals, how about hot takes about things that came out recently? Because GW, 
can we have a Wait. hot take about the Underworlds Warband, which is AOS adjacent and has that really oh, cool yeah. sword model? Uh, I like that a oh, lot. It's I can say, good. yeah, so the Zeech Warband is just the best Zeech models they've ever yeah. made, right? No, 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 it is absolutely, but I am talking about the Nighthaunt Warband they revealed at Warhammer Fest. It's got one like really it. cool model, and then okay. the other models are fine. But the leader yeah. model, which is a like ghost and real heavy sword. sword. It's not, it's a sword <laughs> with a ghost with it. The sword is well, the model. Well, the sword is the character. Doesn't, it doesn't really sell very to me, put it that way. I really <laughs> like it. The sword is just very heavy. And the ghost. Right. I've I taken feel... us off on a tangent for some very lukewarm takes. So we can go back <laughs> to the main direction. Well, we can now. use this opportunity to say that you and I both went 3 1 in the Underworlds Clash and Warhammer Fest. That's it. So yes. That is better. That is mathematically better than 3 and 2. So you can be proud of this. Yeah. It's because Underworlds is a game I'm actually quite good at, whereas ARS I'm really not. <laughs> but... I don't know how I managed it. But... Because you're also good at Underworlds. You said to me before we started, I said, Laura, we've, I've never played with this warband before. What do I do? And you said, just try and stand in like the middle three rows of the board. And I did that and it worked really well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Matthew's okay. looking like he's judging us a bit for talking about Underworlds. I don't know, it just no, like it's, podcast enough. It's got like Age of Sigma logo. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. it's not saying what you can, is it? My feeling about those Nile models is very similar to your feeling about new Dwarden. Well, oh, maybe not enough. similar, but like, we're so jaded on Nighthawk now. All the. They're cool. They all look the same now that all the new heroes are coming out. It's kind of the I same vibe. They have, they've hit every. Like, cool button in Nighthawk, more or less yeah. now, I think. There's quite a good range mm. of. Yeah. Different weird stuff, so. It does don't feel like a faction you do not need another small hero model for. Yeah, or just like anything, really. I'm trying to think what you could do that would be a bit out there and different, but I guess it would just look so different aesthetically, it might not really work. Big ghost. There isn't a big ghost, but no, you won't actually get that out of Underworlds. So. Yeah. No, I had an idea and then thought about it for five seconds and it's just the black coach again. <laughs> what if it was some ghosts carrying a holy relic? Oh. <laughs> you could do a cool ghost chariot type cavalry thing. What is the thing? Why do there they was a... chariots? <laughs> if there was a ghost in cell and he was on a chair. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, hang on, no. What if there was a ghost bride? <laughs> she was real mad. Yeah, and got spooky. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're going to relitigate Nighthorn range anytime soon. <laughs> um, Nighthorn, they're fine. <laughs> Just like two of us having Nighthorn armies. Where were we? Okay. To collect. Love to collect. Do we want to have some takes about the 1,000 battle tomes that have come out in the last period of time yes. since we recorded. Yeah. It is I don't lot. have takes on all of them. I've barely kept up with some of them. Same. Yeah. So we can we can speed through the two Chaos ones. Slamesh. Uh, what if I had a Thiepkin but good? There, that's what yeah. happens. Yeah, they you seem the Slamesh good. army. They're pretty good. They're probably not incredible, but they're pretty good. If that is the case, I'm happy for Slanesh players because I feel they have gone through an exciting yeah. roller coaster of horribly broken to awful. So 
slightly better than average feels like a good place for them to yeah. land. And I see people talking about them with like not seriousness, but like mm. they can sit at the table of yes. talking about army building now, which is a yeah. step up. So Bliss Barbs are really good. They are Namata Reavers for thirty points cheaper. Yep, that's pretty good. Nice. Slick base seekers pretty good. Heroes are pretty good. There's some obscene foot heroes for basically all their foot heroes have a four plus ward for whatever reason. Mm. So in this, for the tiny remainder of this battle pack, they're incredible. It's kind of um, nice that mm. the stuff that yeah. has good models is now, for the most part, yeah, reasonably good. Pretty good, yeah. Because there was yeah. a point it's... when it was all the old stuff that was the best stuff, which is never yeah. a fun world mm. to be in. It's the mortal side that I think you're seeing a lot of, and maybe the odd keeper, I think, as well. Mm. Seems pretty good. Corn again, I think Corn maybe have more scope to really trouble the top tables when yeah, a certain yeah. other army is not 60% of all armies there showing up at the top. <laughs> um, <laughs> not that you're saying but, that in a judgmental way at all. No. But Corn, they've got loads of funky movement stuff. They'll be they will be good. Again, it's just like a weirdly technical army for Gorn. They That just seems to be their vibe for AOS. Fine. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. As our friend of pod, Chris, was saying yesterday to us, it's like narratively one of the simplest armies. They all want to fight all the yeah. time. And the way this is achieved through gameplay is incredibly technical movement and overlapping auras. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I played a game against New Corn against Chris, and that was a really fun game. Actually, one of the best games of AOS I've had in a long time. That was a real, nice. real nail biter. And that was with Soul Blight. So that was good. So I think they'll be they'll be a good time and have real scope to, I think, actually be a genuinely very good army. And then, probably in the same sort of vein, maybe in less fun, Seraphon. I'm guessing you guys don't have mega hot text about these. I've uh, read your review. <laughs> I only did the yes, tiny same. bit. I think people will really gravitate to the coalesced stuff, particularly the new knights. The new knights are very good. The lancers, yeah. Maybe the rest of the coalesced stuff is maybe less good. I think competitively, it's very likely to end up as like Froak and a Slan and a Skink doing mortal wound things and summoning. Wow, maybe what, a, what a unique take on Seraphon. Yeah, it's a I, nice mix of stuff though. Like it, I don't. I, I mean, I think I, it, I'm fed I up think with that a, army, but I don't yes. hate the concept of that army, if that makes sense. I think a um, mono build would probably arrive quite quickly, but yeah. Yeah. I think they've had some great new models. It'll be great to see them on the table. Yeah, yeah. I've and... seen people being very worried about Croak's ability to teleport something in what is apparently a horrific way. Is that something that people should actually be worried about, or is it broadly fine? So uh, the the Starborn have a heroic action from a slan to teleport a unit near the slant to somewhere else. Croak's spell is an 18-inch range, hits everything for just a shitload of mortal wounds, and he can cast that through a skink. So, again, that's kind of the old combo. Not a lot has changed there. Yeah, uh, There's just a lot of ways to get Croak very reliably casting it through the, through the yeah. skink. So I can't complain too much about that, because, you know, like I have a Warsong Bomb army. Yeah. Sort of, sort of similar but worse. I and there's so, enough like, stuff out there that has auto unbinds and things that it's not a reliable, always <clears> works <throat> strategy. Yes, although he can cast that spell multiple times. Fair enough. Okay, it is. <laughs> <laughs> always works. Yeah. So. yeah. 
and with the with the astrolith that you'll always have, you can yeah, you'll be on like plus three if you bring cogs, you're plus three rerolling. Yeah. And also whilst you're doing that, incidentally, you'll be racking up incredible numbers of summoning points. I will mm. say is that all of the the three armies we've just talked about, Seraphon, Corn, and Slanesh, they all provide an alternative way to use your summoning points. And I think all yeah, three really good. are compelling. Yeah. They've done a pretty good job. Seraphon probably the worst, but they are still good abilities. But the Slanesh ones in particular, I think you will actually not summon to keep some of those up. Because yeah. army wide minus one to be hit is bonkers. Yeah. The, when you get that high depravity points and yeah. Slanesh have all that stuff stacking, they are quite terrifying. Even like yeah. just like a little unit of Mermadesh or whatever. They're quite hmm. scary to think about interacting with. So And for Corn, their really good movement tech lives in that yeah. In yeah. that chart, so people will dip into yeah. that. It's been the case for corn more than with the other armies previously, yeah. right? Like I feel yes. like the other uses of blood ties have been quite good for a while, whereas maybe that was less so for some of the others. I, I think they're even better now. But yeah. Yeah. Corn yeah. have one of my favourite like rules lawyer interactions in a long time, which is that you can do like turn one with one of the sub factions, you can do like turn one dog alchemy to turn the dog from Magor's Fiends into a unit of five flesh hounds by, I think, taking the sub-faction that gives you, like, some blood tithe points for free, and then you, you intentionally sacrifice the, the one dog. Well, you can even you say that he's one of the ones who comes back, so you're not even sacrificing yeah. your dog, you're just sending okay. him off yes. to have a fight, and then he returns then with friends. Isn't he on the wrong base then, though? Oh, we've ruined it for me now. <laughs> it's symbolically a different dog, Laura. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can paint that dog model and stick it on a smaller base and then just have yeah. a duplicate. It'd be all right. Yeah. yeah, you cut him in half, he splits in two. And then that two becomes five somehow. Yeah, it's it's magic. Yeah. If anyone wants no, to do this, no, I'm pretty sure I have magic. a spare rip tooth somewhere. So, you know, it's, let it's me know. Absolutely <laughs> magic. I'm coming down very hard on this. Corn is just doing spells and lying. Yeah. In the same way that Fire Slayers are. Oh, we're not doing yeah. magic. Yeah, you are. Pretty magic pizza oven, if you ask me. Yeah. Right, two books to go. Two books to go. The, the book we probably have the next least to say about OBR? Yeah. Uh, I have two words which are fuck me. <laughs> So um, obviously I've got an OBR army, I guess. I was I was really excited for the book before it came out, and I think there's clearly some build in it that is super strong, and essentially that appears to be Necropolis Stalkers and Abortus Guard in Petrofex yeah. Elite, where they get minus one damage. And from the experience of the one game I played with it, I played extremely badly, <laughs> but still won very easily just off the back of those units being good. And this has had the effect of making me much less excited for the book because mm. I don't really want to play, you know, I, I basically just really dislike any rule that is minus one damage because it's just brutal to play into. So it's kind of mm. put me off. Obviously, the sensible thing to do at this point would be to say there are plenty of other ways to play the book and there are a lot of things I like about the book. But yeah, I've yeah. had a bit of a... Also, I've got... We'll probably talk about this in a bit, but I've become excited by Caradon Overlords again. So that's kind yeah. of balanced out my not being quite as excited about OBR as I had expected. 
So when the OBR, when I first read the OBR book, I thought this is the most nuts book they've ever released for AOS. This is, I think, before people had worked out maybe the Thunderer build in KO, mm-hmm. which will probably end up suppressing OBR quite a bit. But if the Thunderer build goes away, the OBR book is, is bananas. Yeah. There are a lot of I things think, aside on but... I do think it's a great, like, putting Petrofex to one side. Petrofex, like, for a long time, felt like thing that was painful in the old OER book to play against as well. Yeah. But put like putting that to one side, I do think in terms of what OBR needed, it is a great, great update to yeah. bring them in line with the way that Age of Sigma works now. I think all of that's fantastic. I think it works really smoothly and done really well. Um, yeah. Just, my opinion on the Petrofex is just that in theory the minus one damage on the the big stuff is it's good and it's fine. I just think it needs to be coupled with a like a army building methodology that means you can't yeah. just take that stuff. The so people like, don't build armies like GW builds armies, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe that might be something that is resolvable with just like a minor points yeah. tweak that well, makes think... it harder to take them yeah. without leaving a big gap or something. I mean, I think my kind of problem with the book is it really pushes you towards focusing yeah. mm. on one thing. Like the old book <clears throat> didn't. So my OBR army, so I have run quite a lot with the previous book, had a mix of Mortec Guard and Cavalos Death Riders and Necropolis Stalkers. But I think now you're you're kind of disincentivized from taking that because there are subtractions that specifically benefit one type of thing, much more so than <laughs> there were in the previous ones. So, you know, it almost okay. I almost wish the Petrofex rule was all nun heroes or something, rather than just the Necropolis Stalkers and the Mortis Guard. Because I bet you wish it was They're that, already yeah. the bit... But, you know, it kind of... Part of the reason I think I'm a little bit sad about OBR is because I feel like if I run my OBR army that only has six Necropolis Stalkers, it's a very nun-optimal build compared with if I ran 18 Necropolis Stalkers. And I know mm. that when I run into someone who is running the 18 Necropolis Stalkers build, that will just make me a bit meh. Yeah. I do I do think there's legs to Mortis Praetorians. That is a good yeah. subflection. But they've pushed the big constructs so hard in this book. Yeah. I don't think Mortec are worth it. Yeah. I probably I will at some point probably play a bit more with it, I think. Like I do I, there's a lot of stuff I really like about the book. So I think the way the command points work now, so now basically you get loads and loads of command points that you can have 10 or something ridiculous the first round potentially and that works really well thematically with the army and it gives you lots of interesting decisions because they also get their own set of command abilities that you can use as well as the generic ones and I think there's probably quite a high skill ceiling around kind of understanding what opportunities that gives you and how best to use your resources especially in the combat phase where you've got loads of options but the limitations around only each unit only being able to receive and issue one you know when I played my one game of them I messed up that a lot so there's definitely, you know, I think there's potential to kind of explore different options there and get good at knowing what to use when, and that would be fun and enjoyable. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm probably being more negative about the book than it deserves, because I think there's probably a mm. very easy sort of fix where if the Petroflex ability wasn't there or was made less good, I would probably immediately feel much happier about the book and want to play with it and try out different things. So hopefully we'll yeah. get to that point, or I can just make my brain pretend the petrofex ability isn't there and <laughs> try something else. 
Yeah. I agree. The fundamentals of the army are like really good, really solid, and I like them. But if they just removed that face roll build, it would probably feel a lot better. Yeah. It's a very technical army. Like he's... I would also. It's also for me the coherency rules really annoy me with this army because running. Oh really? Well, just like Cavalos Death Riders, you want to run generally in larger units, and yeah. ten of them. I have run quite a lot, and that's a pain for coherency. And even the Stalkers and the Mortis Guard, you often are going to want to run them in a six. And units of six big models are really annoying for coherency purposes. So if the coherency yeah. rules were different, it would actually make me yeah. much happier about OPR than I currently. It was quite Can't, funny yeah. trying to watch you fit all of the stuff on the board. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the things I played. So we played Wonder Scenarios. It has a tiny deployment zone, which is a pain. But one of the things I actually really struggled with was sort of managing the footprint of units because I was running, we were playing on Tabletop Simulator, so I didn't have to stick to models I owned. So I was running a build that had several big units of things. And I kept blocking my own charges with them because my board positioning was not very good. But yeah, they, you know, the units of Stalkers and Immortus Guard do have quite big footprints, and that is something you've got to manage in terms of figuring out how you're going to get as many as possible into combat. Am I allowed to say we were playing on TTS or is that... Yeah, I Excellent. Just trying to imagine thinking that the coherency rules in Age of Sigma were bad. It's not a thought that's ever gone yeah. through my brain before. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I think I completely agree with your take. It sucks always when there's a monobuild to an army. Especially because it's one that a lot of people already own. Like, there's loads of people out there, mm. I think, who probably have 18 stalkers because they were pretty good at the end of the last yeah. season. Yeah. So I think we'll see a lot of that army on tables, probably. Yeah. I, I can imagine it will be relatively popular. Like I said, I think it will get suppressed by some other armies. But it's one of those things where, yes, they might not win everything, but there will be matchups where, like, you just are helpless to them rolling you over, basically. Mm. I don't know what it says about my brain that for Caradron, I'm very happy to not play the optimal build and I'm excited about that. Whereas for OBR, not <clears> owning or really wanting to play the optimal build has turned me off the rest of the army. So it's quite for, know how that works. For KO, the the optimal build is the best army in the game and the non-optimal build is the second best army in the game. <laughs> You're just trying to put loads of pressure yeah. on so that I will yeah. stop wanting to run them. Yes. No, do it. Go 5-0. Yeah, there's no, there's no. I ran the best army in the game at one point, and I went three and fucking yeah. two. So. The concern is not that I don't want to win. The concern is that I think I will do badly with them and will feel worse about it because I know I should have done well with them. If that makes sense, I understand. Well, yeah, that's what we like to call hubris. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we're not supposed to be talking about KO. Shall we talk about soul blight? Grave Lords, which feels like a more wholesome place to be. Really turns wholesome. Out, turns out they have a lot of things that are too damaged and really don't like things that are minus one damage. Yeah. <laughs> it is a devastatingly bad matchup for Soulblight, actually. That that particular one is mm-hmm. quite funny, but you happened upon it. What a great book though. So many so, so many cool so army com- concepts that you can yeah. build from it. And they're all kind of like Totally competent to a similar degree, maybe not like game-winningly good, but oh, not game-winning, yeah. you know, like event-winningly good. But the monster build is hot trash. 
But yes. all of the other subfactions and all the other possible builds, def- there's definitely there's definitely legs there. Yeah, this when I first read this book, I was super disappointed. I thought it was pointless. Didn't know why they bothered. Nothing like super new. Uh, and then I played it. And it's probably my favorite tome, and they released it in the third edition now. It's such a <laughs> you really need to play it book. I think to like get why it's so much better than the old one. It just plays so much smoother than the old book. All the stuff yeah. you want to work just like works uh, in ways that it sort of didn't before. Grave sites are really good. Really fun to play around. Make things hard for your opponent in a way that's unusual in Age of Sigmar. So it's a fun puzzle for both players. Or so like what's this changed? Have they improved synergies and things so they just there's more Have there than there was anymore? before? Yeah, so basically, like every every rule that they, everything the army did before, is is sort of the same, but they tweaked it to just play better or just be better. So previously, grave sites were when you lost a unit. I think it was at the end of the battle shock phase. You got to roll a dice and add plus one for every unit that died on on a. Five plus, you got to bring the unit back with half the number of models. With, and then it was, it had to be wholly within twelve of a grave site, but more than nine from enemy models. So it's really fiddly, a total dice roll, hard to use, really easy for your opponent to shut it off. Rubbish rule, really, which made those units that were based on being summonable really hard to use, like grave guard or a huge glass cannon. So when they do die, you actually do need to be recycling them because they are your your hammer if you're running that particular infantry build. Whereas now the rule is it triggers in the movement phase, both players' movement phases, which again makes gives you loads more interesting play to do, and it's just a flat dice roll. You just four plus in your opponent's turn, three plus in yours, and now it they can be brought up more than three from enemy models. They just can't move. Uh, or attempt to charge is the key one. So you can't no charge, can't, no piling. Yeah. So you can't use it offensively necessarily in your turn to like bring you in the back and charge. But it's way better for reactive play. Yeah. And because it's at the end of the movement phase, you can do really sneaky stuff, trying to steal objectives in a way that your your opponent has to plan for you to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. That's and really it does like feel it. thematic as well. Yeah. 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 And they've brought in like summonable heroes as well, so it's not just the units. You can get you can bring your white kings back to life and stuff, and I just think neat mechanic, like it a lot. And like again, the healing it used to be a really wonky spell. There was like an eight plus to cast or something, but everyone could try to cast it and there's lots of dice rolling and it was all a bit rubbish. And now you just like pick and it was D3 wounds worth of things back. And now it's just like you pick four units all the time and you get three wounds of models back yeah. or four if it's no gravesite all it's the time. much more similar Small to what OBR do, yeah. which has always been very yeah. solid. It plays quicker. It plays better. Like that's just such a perfect way you could have approached that. Right? Great combo, really like right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, like what Rich said, I think there's like a wide variety of things that are really good now. I think the infantry build is really good, particularly Veikos. All those special characters are good. So, and the cool thing Veikos yeah. do of like being able to put enhancements on the special characters, I really like. It's 
stupid things. I really like the way it's, the book's pointed. <laughs> like, it's pointed in a way that you can fit those cheeky things in. So instead of the romances being, you know, like some armies are sitting there with 150-point wizards or whatever, 90 points, you just start squeezing necromancers yeah. in. And it's so useful. It's the opposite of OBR, where you always yeah. end up with your army costing 2,010 points, yeah. and then you realise there was no easy way to change that, and you have to rewrite the entire list. <laughs> but yeah, like a lot. Big thumbs up. I've played a few games with it, including one against you, Laura, which was a bit unfortunate because that was old OBR, wasn't it, that we played against... No, didn't you play me? Oh, no, it was, it you, was, it was my um, army, and you ran Nagash, and it turns out yes. his debuffs are real good against the Slaves oh, of Darkness army. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, minus one, was it minus one attack, minus one to wound, and minus one damage on a unit that was also striking last. It was uh, pretty yeah. brutal, yeah. No, but, yeah. It, you know, he seems really fun. Like, yeah. the fact that he, in that game at least, he was worth... A thousand points, right? He, he was, did. Yeah. He did loads of stuff. You had loads of options. It felt, you know, I'm not necessarily saying I enjoyed my whole army sitting there not having anything they could usefully do, but it felt it felt like he ought to feel in that he had an impact on the whole of the board. Yeah, and did loads of things. Yeah, but he's still eminently like he's tougher than he was, but he's still eminently killable. Yeah, I think there was a point in that game, and if I'd got. I don't know, it was long enough ago, I can't remember the detail, but I feel like there was a point when if I'd won priority, I would have been able to charge stuff into Nagash, and I think that would have been very interesting. I did not win yeah. priority, and so Nagash cast Charged a bunch you. of spells and made my entire army hitting things with a wet fish or something. But yeah. yeah, it didn't, you know, it didn't feel obnoxious or anything. It just felt like quite a fun list, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that Nagash was glory, right, is again like sort of the same ethos as they just made him feel so much better. Yeah, even if he's maybe not super competitive, like just all the old dumb stuff, like the mortal wound machine gun thing, felt rubbish. Yeah, like casting loads of arcane bolts. Just he's like the god yeah. of death. He probably needs to be doing a better gimmick than that. And his sword wounding on a four plus before was the stupidest thing in the world. So that all being fixed, he just feels nice and he's easy to use. Sucks in Flesh Eaters because there's a wound cap on the models he can bring back. but And that wound cap puts the, the big Flesh Eater models out of out of range. So maybe there's a conspiracy theory that they're going to be three wounds in the next book. <laughs> okay. Heard it here first. Or is it not more likely that Nagash gets his 17th War Scroll in three years? Yes. Yeah, probably. Flesh Eaters flavoured War Scroll. Yeah. It like retroactively changes how you play him in every mm. army. Yeah. But OBR have got the rule for the stalkers when there's a it's still possible to bring them back even though they're mm. more than three wounds. So maybe the flesh eater stuff will get something similar. Oh, flesh eater something works completely different to all other death yeah. stuff so at the moment. But the Ash has his own specific way of bringing units back. That's tied to wound count. But yeah. And then there's no other books to talk about, are there? There's not an army of ridiculous dwarden. I mean, I feel like the KO book's been oh, out for quite a while. It's just I hadn't played any games of it until this last month. Yeah. And I've played two games of it and really liked it and want to play KO again. I don't it's think that's lovely. just limited. I don't think that is just because they're good. I've... So essentially, KO have always been an army I've really enjoyed playing. And yeah. the problem I've had 
and probably still have, is that people typically do not enjoy playing against them. And that's probably still an issue. But one of the games I have with them was mm-hmm. not against either of you two. It was very fun and, you know, did feel sort of two-sided. It was quite close. So I played them into Gargants and very broadly what happened was that I was very effective at shooting off his Gargants, but my opponent was running Kragnos, who was very effective at doing impact hits into a boat and into every Draden in the boat and then doing his Bella of Rage thing and doing mortal wounds to every Draden in the boat. So mm-hmm. Kragnos killed about three quarters of my army single-handedly and it was just it was a really fun swingy game and I wasn't you know I, there was I, the way I've been attempting to run the army is one shooty boat and one sort of combat assault boat yeah so I was charging stuff in and having a fight and not just playing keep away and shooting from a distance which Again, does feel more what, fun and interactive to some extent that's what their intention was when they wrote that book right that's yeah. what they wanted you to do but I think it is very possible to play them that way. Like, you know, yes, I appreciate that putting army. 30 Thunderers in an Ironclad might be the strongest build, but it feels like you can very easily not choose not to run that and run something mm. which, you know, is at least a little bit more interactive. It's, it's, it's not 30 Thunderers in an Ironclad. It's 15 Thunderers in an Ironclad and 15 Thunderers going over a soul screen bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, no, so I glad agree. Warp with Gun goes over a screaming bridge as a thing that's back in our lives. Yeah. People used to do that with Iron Drakes, didn't they? That used they did. to be the yeah. build. And more Iron Drakes in because they have a smaller base. Is that true? Are they on 25s or am I talking shit? They are on 25s. Yeah. I don't yeah. know well enough how Soul Scream Bridge works because I do not own one. It's a radius. It's a Hollywood oh, okay. round. So, yes, so. in that case, you could fit more Iron Drakes over I'm a bridge, sure but they're probably not as good as Thunderous. Iron Drakes. It so. seems very possible. Mm-hmm. Horrid. Yeah. Truly horrid. Yeah, but I agree that the, the combined arms build is also very strong. You don't have to do the, the stupid all in clown car Thunderer build. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Another... I'm enjoying running them, and I would quite like mm. to play a few. You know, I'd. I'm definitely not good with them yet. Like they play differently enough from old KO that it feels like it's quite a big relearning experience. And I never played old KO to the point when I felt like I knew what I was doing with them. So there's yeah. definitely a lot of practice. Yeah. But in the whole two games I've played, they've I've enjoyed it. At least one of my opponents enjoyed it. I guess Matthew, you can tell us in a minute whether you enjoyed the game we played. I, mean, I don't, I don't want to like totally piss on your chips with KO because I think it's kind of a similar situation where we are maybe in a way in that like i think a lot of what they did the core changes to the faction are really healthy the way boats work yes good mm. they've really cleared that up that they don't have to interact with the abysmal aos terrain rules yes practice. yeah exactly what i was going to say as well yeah. like ignoring the pushed competitive builds mm-hmm. they're an interesting challenge to deal with for a lot of armies because there's so yeah. much shooting but i think the refresh is yeah. really good still yeah. The, the problem with the army is that the numbers on the damage are probably tweaked a bit wrong. They probably just output a little bit too much for a ranged yeah. army in a similar way that, you know, like when people, and they have control, and I think then you're getting into like a Lumineth situation where yeah. you're getting controlled and you're getting shot with more damage than ranged armies now or should be putting out. Um, yeah. I don't know how much the 4 plus rally is part because i think that's definitely quite a big part of what is making the thunderers builds successful and that i mean i feel like we've had enough tweaks to four plus rallies that they should just stop making anything have a four plus rally in all honesty but we should be banned 
Yeah. Rally should be banned. Just get rid of Rally. Rally. Yeah, I'd be pretty okay with getting rid of Rally. Yeah, Rally should be banned. Yeah. Rally, Unleash Hell. Yeah. But they are, you know, certainly if you're not, certainly the sorts of builds I have been running anyway are extremely vulnerable to any kind of mortal wound, like area effect, impact hits type damage. So it does feel Mm -hmm. like there's stuff that counters them and Seraphon. Yeah. Like, quote, uh, spells feel like they're going to be, have always been extremely strong against KO and presumably yeah. will remain so. So I think KO at the moment, they're starting like a 60% win rate. And I think when Seraphon are out in force, that will drop because the Thunder build is like a million drops and the Croak build is not. Yeah. Uh, so, and the, and the Croak build will tear it apart. 60% is obviously outside of GW's target, like 45 to 55 mm. band. It's not that far above it. It's like so, the top, but it's not. Yeah, AOS like never. AOS never hits the crazy numbers that 40k does. I think 40k has seen seventy percent in the last edition. Harlequins, I think. <laughs> but yeah, so AOS doesn't see crazy numbers. Six percent is really the upper end of like yeah. what people think is acceptable in AOS. Yeah. And I think KO. Uh, I mean, always have been, and probably always to some extent will be quite vulnerable to priority roles going the wrong way and that kind of thing like you still want to play for a double turn and if you get double turned you can have quite a bad day quite easily so that if if they can't get out restrict it a bit yeah although the rally tech helps that quite a lot it does that is true yeah yeah Mm. yeah nice Anyway, if I'm going to run KO more, I still need to rebase my ships because I have now taken my ironclad out the house for the first time. But I did mm. so with it wrapped in bubble wrap in a cardboard box, which I, if I was going more than ten minutes down the road to my friend's house, is a less attractive option. <laughs> that's that's the optimum way to to transport things. I took the Viadon to to blackout in a cardboard box filled yeah. with packing foam. If I'm driving everywhere, that's achievable, but I'm probably going to end up going to blackout on the train, and so my yeah. army might need a somewhat more robust transport mechanism. <laughs> it's going to survive the London underground. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But I have bought a new base for it. I just need to figure out what bit of terrain I'm going to pin it to. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That's an interesting one. Are you looking for something like particularly high to go like on on the side, or are you looking just for like underneath? I think it might just have to be underneath because it's not. I feel like from on the side, it's so heavy that you'd need. Also, because the boats are basically hollow, you don't a pin that goes in the side doesn't give you a huge amount of actual. You need support. two pins. Yeah. Yeah. Or have something that just goes the whole way. So one of my frigates at the moment just has some bits of brass wire that I am not pretending are. They're just you've just mm. got to pretend they're not there. That just prop it up from the front because its flight stand snapped. Yeah. And I couldn't think of anything else to do, and that works, but it does look kind of shit. So I'd rather I, not have to do that. Any ironclad, if at all possible. I've learned if you're doing things on the side, you need two pins the hard way. As I have a Morsa mm. guard, you can just spin around. On, on <laughs> so yeah, I think realistically, just because. I think Willis is going to have to just go in the bit where the flight stand is at the moment. I'm just going to have mm. to cut that off and then just and have it. Hot, yeah. If it's flying extremely low down over a wall mm. or something, might have uh, to maybe, be. Maybe you go for like a smashed up statue or something, like one of those smashed up Sigma statues. Yeah, that, that might work, work better. Yeah. And then, if you, yeah. If you can do like, like, have a bit of ruins. Yeah. 
The problem is you have the keel that comes down, so you need to be high enough that the keel is can still fit. I think you can get away with like a bit of exposed pin. Yeah, I think you might have to. Yeah, Yeah. that might have to be the answer. Might sorry, Rich, what were you going to say? Hitting big stuff, yeah, is that you need to, or you don't need to, but if you can, like, make something that basically like cradles the model especially like a hull shape like a mm. ko boat which could be even like sort of a couple of rocks that make a kind of v shape maybe towards the front or back yeah. and then just like then you can probably get away with one other thing at the other end that is just pinned in yeah and then that sort of controls it from most angles then but it obviously the more you put in the harder it is to make it look like it's actually flying and not sitting yeah. on some rocks so mm. but i think like it's quite hard to do it in a way that really looks bad, so I'm sure you'll you'll manage. Yeah, um, I'll figure something out. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some games quickly? Anyone played anything worth talking about? Mm-hmm. We've kind of mentioned the game where you absolutely murdered my first attempt at Soul Blight with. <laughs> yeah, not, Laura, have, so. there's not really a lot else to say about that one. Very broadly, no. you were hitting me with things that were doing two damage, and they only did one damage to me, and then I yeah. hit you back, and it went quite well. Hitting me back yes. with things that do three damage, and they were doing yeah. three damage. <laughs> yeah, what I watched some of the game, and and Rich ch- made charges in his turn that. The end result of that was him losing more than Laura did in his own yeah. face. Yeah. And when you when that's happening, there's not and that's you have no other way of interacting with their army, that's kind of it. Um, not a lot of shooting in Soul Blight, funnily enough. No. Um, probably, I like probably made mistakes, but it would have changed the outcome. We were both playing the army for the first time, so yeah. Yeah. we both definitely made mistakes. We can, we can relitigate it in the future. Yeah. And then I think it's been like a real stompy month, I feel like, because we've played two games, haven't we, Laura? And each one was just a massive stomp in one way or the other. Yeah. Kind of just based off of one huge mistake by one player. So we played an actual real-life game at the Bristol community meetup we had with your slaves. And I brought bones because I thought that would be funny. And I... (laughs) I did the thing you do with the Bone Splitters Army where you set up the trap. These are capital letters, the trap. And what you want more than anything else in the world is for your opponent to charge you turn one with their big killer unit. And what Laura did was go, you want me to charge that trap, turn one with my big killer unit. I'm doing it anyway. And (laughs) I, I feel that that roughly went as... I think you wanted to see what your unit would do, and I, I knew, and I feel like we're coming off of this after the conversation on the last episode where I, we were talking about baiting people in. Yeah, I, mean, I was. I'm trying to remember. I think broadly because you had set your stuff up with the Wurgold prophets behind it, and I was hoping that if my chosen charged in and fought twice, that I would be mm. able to pile in and take out your second line and maybe get into some of your heroes, and it very nearly did work out like that but the distances just didn't quite so i think they did write the front line of savage oryx but yeah. you, maybe you did a redeploy or something that meant that on the second no. pile and i couldn't get into the stuff i needed to get into that there wasn't a redeploy so it was this is this is how you deploy this army there was a line of savage oryx and then deployed behind it so that they are within three inches of 
half an inch from the front of that line of Savage Oryx, you have your big stabbers all lined up. And they, because they can be Galvets now in the Galvet Battalion, they can fight at ridiculous distances because they have a three-inch reach. <laughs> oh, so, so you pulled I, them in and then I couldn't pile past yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. So you, you put them in Iwad, which is gives me a four-plus ward in combat. So the unit of 10 Savage Oryx that looks like it's really easy to wipe, you also didn't kill them all in your first activation. You killed seven of them, I think. But I think well, so they, they died before the Chosen Fort again. Oh, I think I put something um, else into them as well. So taking them out did go yeah, to plan. That's, that's that 20 was wounds, okay. Was that's 20 wounds with a 4-up save and a 5-plus regular save, which I all up defence. So that is actually an incredibly tanky unit. So I think you're probably am, ambitious. I think you're pretty yeah, happy to sure. kill it. I think um, to... Anyway, then the big stabbers all got to pile in. And because your fight twice gives you fight last... Which is killed, sensible. That is how it should work. <laughs> I think I killed six of your chosen just from that, and then yeah, I don't remember, but you certainly did. And then the second well. pile in had to go into the stabbers, and it was again, you don't. It's hard. They're surprisingly tanky. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The ward up. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, yeah, I appreciate. I probably shouldn't have done that, but I guess if I don't do mm. that, you get so much ward control that it's it's tough. I think I probably lose the game more slowly. If I don't, I don't I, kill some stuff. I think also like running away from your big unkillable block of Chaos Warriors was tough. I think if you play the longer game, you have a much better chance of winning. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, we'll have a rematch I've, someday. The Outside of the old Nurgle matchup, which isn't so good anymore because you, you tend not to run that specific subfunction now for Ben Splitters, but like, what you want to see across you across the table is a melee alpha strike. That's all you want to see. So... Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that was the plan, and then we played Sylvaneth versus Ko, and I we flip reversed that where I made the stupidest decisions of all time, and then you sort of cleaned me up <laughs> in two turns. Nice. Uh, I sort of I sort of failed a load of my spells in my turn ones. Yeah, you failed the Spite Storm Hive, right? So you didn't have so the didn't have the plus two charge. To charge. Yeah, still decided to teleport to I uh, threw in a Tree Lord forwards. And then failed the charge with Durfu, so couldn't strike and fade him. So he was just stuck there with his ass out. And then the Tree Lord went in and killed himself on Unleash Hell. He did fight. He did some damage to the frigate. He fought. He did damage to the frigate, which you then And then I healed the frigate again with a really good yeah. Endwin Rigger roll. Yeah. And then that Tree Lord died. And then Durfu died in your first turn. Yes. And basically, at that point, you, you had two... You took the turn. You had your yeah. first turn, killed about five hundred points. I had the second turn, didn't do very much, and then you killed another five hundred so points. You did. You did a it. reasonable amount of damage to my small heroes because you mm. had the war song with the yeah. mortal wound area effect spell, and it was wonder ones again with a tiny deployment zone. So you know, I spread out as much as is possible across the tiny deployment zone, but you were still able to repeatedly hit a bunch of my small heroes. So you killed. Mm. I think you killed the navigator second turn, which. It's, yeah. you know, it's one of the stronger war scores for KO. And you killed my chemist and you did a fair amount of damage to the Admiral, but you weren't really able to significantly hurt the stuff that was doing the volume of shooting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then it, obviously what I should have done is when I failed Spite Swarm is just sit in my castle and stay there. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, um, you know, the, while KO do have a lot of shooting, most of it is from reasonably short range. So if you yeah. don't want to commit to 
combat or potentially being yeah. charged, you've got to think again, away uh, with a fairly small amount of stuff from distance. I put, I put all my gossamids in the middle of the boards when that again when I failed spike swarm, I could have known not to get yeah. enough strike and just have done that with tree revs instead. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just and a KO really like low save armies that are fairly fragile. So yeah, I mean yeah. yeah. Those trees oh. have three plus saves, Laura, though. I don't think it gets much better than that. <laughs> but your Gossamers had a five up save or something, yeah, right? Yeah, so, they do. Yeah. yeah. There was smart, stuff around that I could shoot at and that died very easily. Whereas I will, I'll be interested, you know, I well, I know people are going 8 nil with KO at tournaments and things like that. But I'll be <laughs> interested to see how I do with KO when I play something that has like army wide three mm. plus saves because. It, with the old book, certainly that was where they struggled, and you just find you didn't have yeah. the damage output. Um, and now I assume they probably do. Yeah. yeah. Well, Endron Riggers have the bizarre minus two rend on shooting that doesn't make any sense. So that helps yeah, quite really a lot guns. while that remains. Yeah. I did. I've played Deepkin into New KO against Bear, and he very much struggled to be able to deal with the Leviathan. Yeah. That was that was tough. Partly because of the save and just partly because of the... Sometimes the you have to shoot the closest target deepkin thing actually does something. Um, mm. Yeah. N- not as much as you think, but... Sometimes. Did. Sometimes. So, yeah, there, I think you probably are probably correct there and that there is a world where there are armies that can probably tank through that. Yeah. And there's, you know, part of the reason that I've slightly moved away from playing Slaves to Darkness competitively, I guess, is that I find mm-hmm. that my Slaves to Darkness build really lacked the rend to deal with armies that had really good save. You know, I was having a lot of games when there was a big melee fight, which is fun, but I didn't really have the damage output to get through the high save armies. And there are ways you can play Slaves to Darkness so that you'll get more rend. So if you take Vanguard, they have better rend, or if you do a sort of more technical First Prince build, you can get the Chosen lots of rolls and I have the gods and things, so they put the end. But the army I had been running pretty much has only has decent rend on knights on the charge, and the rest of the time you're at minus one unless you get a very lucky I have the gods yeah. roll for the Chosen. There's knights on the charge on painful. That's good. Well, especially because I've only got five. I have now bought another mm. five, because I think the unit of ten will make that army better. And I definitely, yeah. you know, I may well go back to running it in future. I enjoy that army and would like to play it more. But I, I was kind of finding I was having games that took a very, very long time because mainly what you were doing was having a very long and drawn-out fight. And in a tournament context, that's a bit frustrating because the game takes ages and you don't finish it. And then you have to math out a couple of turns of who is going to win this very long and drawn-out fight, which is quite stressful. You just need to play I don't know, and have the game be over in an hour. Either, either way. I mean, KO, I guess, ought to be a quick-to-play Probably one. So, yeah, I expect our game games. was very quick. It was. <laughs> Have a quick game by only playing yeah. two turns. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That helps. But yeah, at the same meetup as I played you with Bone Splitters, I played a Soul Blight army. I think it must have been with the old book mm. that had lots of Blood Knights and a couple of Zombie Dragons, and that it was that a really tough. enjoyable game. But it took a very long time because we did just. You know, there was a big fight happening every round, and there mm. were a lot of debuffs. So both armies were being less effective than they might normally be in terms of damage dealing, yeah. and we all had quite good saves. Nice. Yeah, and rather, you know, in a sort of casual context, it's thematic and fun to have that kind of game. But in a tournament, you go, 
oh gosh, this is going to be a big top it and we're going to be rolling loads of dice and yeah. not getting it. And you probably, want, you probably want more consistency out of your army than that, right? Yeah. I think it's an army that's very vulnerable to debuffs and there's mm. quite a lot of debuffs around in the game at the moment. There yeah. are, yeah. I can see that. It'll be interesting to see how it does against, like, Slanesh. I feel like if Slanesh get the momentum up to start getting those, like, minus one to wounds and things yeah, off them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's nothing really that feels like post-Battle Scroll or a post-book FAQ is going to be really painful in any of these new books, which is quite an achievement, I think. So, yeah. I've not mm. played against New KO yet, so I guess we'll... That might might, be no, I have once um, with my Slave Sedatness, but I lost that badly because of a six-inch redeploy at a very opportune time. Uh. <laughs> but that, there wasn't mm. any, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't the 30 Thunder was built or anything like that. Yeah. But maybe when I play against that at a tournament at some point, I'll decide it's complete bullshit. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So he goes. So that Played one game. Yeah, yeah. Which was the thousand point game versus Chris, hmm. friend of Pod, previous co host to Matthew. That was the same meetup where we played my Magakin versus his Corn. Mm. He was using a new book. I was using the existing Hagakin book. I can't remember very much about the game other than it was quite tight at the end. No, there was no Heinz involved chimp. Thanks for that gesturing. <laughs> yes, I scraped a victory at the end, and a big part of that was me disparaging Rally for the entire game and then saying, why not? I ain't going to spend a command point on rally- rallying this one Pusco or Blight Lord. That would be funny. And then I rolled a six, and eight wounds of fly came back onto Chris's home objective. <laughs> so... It's just rude, isn't it? Yeah, you love to see it. Yeah. So, that was a fun game. That actually, playing that game, did a lot for sort of getting me more enthusiastic about playing more AOS again, actually. So. 100%. I always find that playing real-life games. I have to. Play, I end up having to play quite a lot of TCS just to get games in, but it's so much worse than playing in real life. <laughs> There's your plug for real life. Try it. <laughs> yeah, give it a go. Yeah, why not? Anything else you wanted to cover? Do we want to talk about maybe plans for the future? We're all going to an event in August, which feels like a million years away, but it's actually a few months yeah. away. It is okay, a new whole GHB army. away though, so who the knows what the meta yeah. will be like by then. I am crossing that, my fingers for cavalry. Is that gonna <laughs> is that gonna affect what you're taking though? Changes Maybe a little bit. I mean if I was had to pick an army today, I think I would pick KO assuming I managed mm. to rebase my ironclad and I get enough practice to feel like I'm semi competent with them by then. But I think if I felt if the new GHB meant that Slaves to Darkness were going to be in a my slaves my specific Slaves to Darkness build was going to be in a bit of a better place, I might go back to that because I think that is probably a better painted army, and I would quite like to get a painting nom with it somewhere at some point. So yeah, I'm definitely not. I you know there's probably still a world in which I take OBR as well if I get fed up of everything else and think I'll take the thing I've had the most games with because yeah you know I've played a lot with the old OBR book. So yeah, I'm, I think it's a, basically I'm not going to paint a whole load of new stuff for that either way. So I think mm. I'm probably more in the space of wait for the new DHB and then decide which of my existing armies to take. Whereas I guess you two are maybe in a bit of a different 
place. It's a really nice place to be in, though. Yeah. I should be in that place because I have like eight armies in my paintings, but I'm not in that place at all. I don't. I'm in a place where I'm like I'm really hot on AOS, but really cold on all of my armies. If the new DHB was really good for Deepkin, would yeah. you take Deepkin again? Yeah, and I, I think I probably chances are I would take Deepkin most of the time, unless I end up having loads of fun with Sylvaneth. Mm. Again, Sylvaneth are really technical, so whether I want that over a six game thing is a different <laughs> question especially with the amount of practice i've had i mean obviously in between now and august that's plenty of time to get practicing whether i would or not is a different question i am not convinced that the deepkin book is good enough for a ghb themed around one particular thing to mm. to improve its lot would cavalry getting whatever theoretical boost cavalry could get make the book better? Yes, because the eels are still the best thing in the book. But it would also lift up all the other armies with better cavalry. <laughs> so yeah. it, it sort of leaves you in sort of the same position. Yeah. It depends um, on what the book does, right? Like the you know, Galician veterans mm. one, they were a blessing yeah. and a curse. So yeah. the, it's hard to predict yes. how a new book would actually affect the meta because there's yeah. all sorts of factors and mm. it's battle tactics and stuff is just as big yeah, a deal as 100%. boosts to a particular thing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's part of the problem with Deepkin is that the book battle tactics are all a bit guff compared to the yeah. modern ones. It's all just a bit just terrified of itself. There's, like, buffs that don't work like any other yeah. book where they specify not working on mounts, which is a surreal thing for a, for a cavalry army to have. But I think if like stuff like that all got fixed in like a battle scroll or something, I'd feel so much better about the army, but probably won't. So but yeah. It's it's kind of telling that like if KO were the best army in the game and people are not teching Deepkin into that, that probably tells yeah. you what you need to know. Yeah. In fact, Deepkin is sitting at a pretty horrific win rate at the moment. Hmm. I feel like um, Deepkin might be a whenever we next see a battle scroll, I would expect Deepkin to get Something, whether that's Maybe. point, probably just some points drops. But they, like, if you could twist it so they get like yeah. one extra unit over an average army build, then it's not going to be world changing. But I think it would help them a lot. So the last part of the squad, we got some really aggressive points drops. So like the turtle went down like forty points. The aspect of the storm went down like thirty points. Eels came down fifteen points per. But it still was not enough. So to me, that says like maybe. Points you can fix everything with points to like an extent, but sometimes there are yeah. better ways. But they've never um, been a horde army, and you don't want to turn them into a horde army with points uh, drops, right? I, so absolutely, that that would be bad. I don't want to paint more than Marte. Kim Workshop, please, <laughs> please. And you're going to take Soulblight? Do you think? Which current plan is Soulblight. I do need to paint an entire army minus one skeleton. So. But I have plans there. They're like my main focus now. And I'm trying to keep myself honest. I'm also going in early July to a Throne of Skulls doubles with my friend Luke. Or our friend Luke. So I figure if I can have a thousand points done for that, then... Yeah. You're in a good place. And I'm probably going to try and paint the more impactful stuff for that. So I'm probably going to take something stupid like a Lord of Zombie Dragon and two units of Blood Knights for my half of the army. Hell yeah. 
which I think is that's like nine hundred points or something. So then I just throw in like a necromancer or some so a necromancer who will do nothing. Oh, it's nine hundred points, and you you do get you can slide a necromancer in there. Yeah, or you know three Vircos Bloodborne is a hundred, I think. So yeah, I think they're like nine. T five or something. I yeah. think given Achieve. that build, they might be a better yeah. add for like a cheap objective holder. Well, slash, be a new GHB by then, so there could be any amount of points. Who knows? Yes, yes, true. This is very true. Yeah, but can... that's my the, that's my rough plan. Anyways, like a vampire mm-hmm. lord, that's a big thing to look at. Plus some cavalry, and then it doesn't seem outside the realms of the possibility that even if I had painted nothing else sort of by then, that within a month I could paint like 20 skeletons and 20 grave guard. Because <laughs> realistically you should be able to get through like three or four in a day, mm. like an evening's painting to an okay standard. So we'll see. Yeah, anyway. If you were really into uh, it, you could. Anyway, I'm hoping to get more of those done this week because yeah. I'm off work. So <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah, so Soul Plate is definitely it. If for whatever reason that goes south, which I don't think it will, but for whatever reason it does, I do want to play some more games with my Lumineth. So, yeah. And I think I could make a really good army for them by painting like one or two more units, which I, I need to do anyway because yeah. I've been sat unpainted for so long. So, Avalonor and that sort of stuff is very is so much mm. more playable now than when you were actually <laughs> running. If when I was trying to play with it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a really fun list. And you would yeah. get the joy of saying you were playing Lumineff and then seeing everyone's faces light up when they realised it wasn't the techless Sentinel castle build. Yeah. yeah. I'm never going to run 30 Sentinels. Yeah. I do it's have a, 10 more to paint. But... It's the techless cow castle build instead. Yeah, exactly. I still think that's quite a lot more fun. It is, yeah. yeah. One cow being prodded along by a stone mage. Yeah, so there's... like I've got all the components to make a few different 2,000 point Death armies, yeah. and if I paint a couple more units, then I have a lot more choice because I can like pretty reliably remove techless as well. Like yeah. I, I love playing with techless, so I don't really want to. But if you're going to put in big cows, then it starts to become a a thought, let's say. So yeah, I would like to get back to playing with them anyway. I just need to get lots more games in so that I can justify like painting all this stuff really. Yeah, so. I kind of, at the same time, need to get a lot of competitive practice in and have signed up for a foolish amount of narrative things. So I think in the next wow. three months, I have three narrative AOS or AOS-related events I'm going to. So yeah. I'm going Just to go and win them. Yeah, exactly. Just go crush the narrative players. Yeah. Crush the nerds. Yeah. It means I get to run all my fun stuff that I don't usually do. So I'm taking Slaves yeah. of Darkness to one of them. And I'm going to take my Ghost Dwarf Living City army to another one because I've never taken that to an event and it's my favourite army. Yeah, it's, really it's a cool army. That. I think it's a really visually great army as well. So There's very little on the tabletop except for have 20 Iron Drakes that might do something, but we'll see. It'll be fine. It will be fine. Death who can got to play with it before cities squats them. Well, exactly. That's my logic. So I need to find an even less competitive event to take my Tempest Eye Army to, which is in <laughs> significantly more danger of being squatted. Yeah. Does, yeah. does nothing at all. 
Have you bought like the new Sylvaneth book and stuff for the Sylvaneth contingent of your army? Or? No, but I only need the War Scrolls. You don't need any of those. Oh, so you so just I just get the War Scrolls. Of course, off, yeah. you don't need the Allegiance stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, none yeah. of the exciting rules apply. So it's fine. Deathu, Death is a little bit better. Like he degrades better. Yeah, he than is. He used to. Yeah, and a Living City you get an artifact that gives your Sylvaneth units an extra attack for one. Turn nice. or something yeah. like that so you can kind of have a big turn when Dutter mm. and the Colonel Hunters can go in and still do nothing but you have slightly more hope they will do something yeah I assume they're strolling around going like I'm sure we used to be able to teleport like yeah well you can still you can bring them in from the board edge because of living systems yeah. so they can still do that bit. Jethy quite likes to be near a woods that you have no control over if it's there or not yeah <laughs> well you used to be able to do the living city really dubious thing where Dursu could come on, shoot, and then he could move closer to give himself a shorter charge. But for some reason, they've made it so you can't do that anymore because it was completely yeah. not the intent of that rule in any way, shape, or form. So you can strike uh, and fade away. No, strike and run even closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so now you probably don't actually deep strike Dursu at all. You probably just runs towards the enemy, but yeah. we'll see. He runs five inches a turn towards the enemy. Yeah. Well, the rest of my army runs four yeah. inches a turn towards the enemy, so, you know, it's it's better. Perfect. Oh, no, you get your you get your turn one plus, plus no, whatever that's it is. Oh, my God. Okay. Mixing up all the weird city sub-factions yeah. that no one plays anymore. I tried. Look. <laughs> right. I put out a call for some questions, and we've had a bunch, and we've got, like, 20 minutes left on our allotted recording time. So we're going to blast through these quick fire. Thanks, Zencaster. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, unnamed podcast software. Uh, question one. This is from... I know real names for some of these people, and some of them I only have Discord usernames, so if I mispronounce anyone's name, I'm really sorry, but, you know, you'll live. This is from Kiyava or Kijava on Discord. If each of you could make one addition to an Age of Sigma army, what would it be and why? I Laura. would like a unit of female fire slayer cavalry. They can be on some kind of like salamander type things or baby magnadrops or something like that. That would be amazing. Failing cool. that, I would take a single female fire slayer hero. That would be fine. I would like Seraphon players to have some self-respect. No. Mm. Come back to me. Savage or a big boss on pig? Oh, yeah, that's such a great choice. It's such a great choice, but it's also a really boring one. It's like take two components <laughs> wow. of the army and combine them. Yeah. Wow. That's what Get I want. Wrecked. Okay, fine. Yeah. You just asked for so, a Fire Slayer foot hero. He's... So that was my because I know they'll never give me what I actually want. That was like if you won't give me what I want, I'll accept this. Okay. Well, given mm-hmm. that they're never going to make any more bone splitters models, um, yeah, it'd be relatively sick if just like anything Skaven got released. I don't care what. I would it's like literally I... anything. <laughs> Please, just a crumb. I would like. I think some. Night haunt models that are of a scale of like the the crypt horrors or the beast of Nurgle or mm. that kind of thing because they have some normal cavalry and they have a couple of cool big things something like a little bit more 
tangible than like like I really like the Mongol mm. because it's something mm. different and it's obviously in Nighthaunt because it just kind of doesn't fit anywhere else. But um, and I think you can't even buy it anymore. But yeah, maybe maybe something of like a sort of fifty to sixty mil base in a unit of two or three that is like sort of half ghost, half real horrible monsters and a bit more twisted i think would be cool yeah that's a really good chat get on that gw design team you can have all three of those ideas for free yeah you, laura you actually said what i was going to say which is mid-sized fire cavalry so <laughs> i had to think of a new one right let's follow on from that one with a very good question that i alluded to earlier in the show laura can you please try to name all of the different Fire Slayer foot heroes, including the new one. This is from Rachel. All right, there is the Auric Rune Father, the Auric Rune Son. I can't remember if he's Auric or not, but there's a Rune Smiter, a Rune Master, Grimrath Berserker, Doom Slayer, I think his name is. No, that's, not Doom Slayer. That's the guy from Doom. You, Doom you, there's a Doom Seeker. That's the one. Yeah, we'll give There's you that one. There's the Flame Keeper, which is the one before this current one. And mm-hmm. I don't know what the new one they announced at Warhammer Fest's name is, because I wasn't paying enough attention. His like, was... lore name was Fury or something like that, like the name of the little hero in the box. But he's obviously, that is obviously just a lore thing. Yeah, yeah, you did get that right, actually. His, his name is Fury, but his title is... Oh, no, it's a something outcast. Oh gosh, Grimrath Outcast? No. Outcast was in there. I'm sure it was. You say... What's his name? You have just hinted at one with that answer that you haven't said yet. So Yeah, I, I, I said Grimrath Berserker. You're missing two, aren't you? I think. I thought there were like fourteen of these. And they're not quite that many. Did you say the Battlesmith? I've not said the Battlesmith. Good point. No, I did miss the Battlesmith. And uh, there is there is one more first left foot hero. It's the Grimhold Exile. Are we counting Gothrek as a No, I'm not counting Gothrek. Grimhold Exile is the new guy. Uh, so both the priests. Done the Smith. Who else have I missed? You've missed Fuel Grimnir. <laughs> he's an Orbit Windfather. <laughs> he comes Fuel under Grimnir. that banner. <laughs> Incredible. I'm not counting him. Oh, I did completely miss the battle. Okay, that was pretty close, though. I regret to inform you that if you click on the Fire Slayers tab on the Games Workshop web store, Gotrek Gurnison does appear in this category. Oh, really? Okay. He's not He's not a Fire Slayer. He's a, I guess he he is a Slayer. He would yeah, argue he is world, not a Fire right? Slayer, I believe. So, yeah. yeah. Well, what does he know? Yeah, okay. Pretty good job there, I think. Better than I could have done. I'm sad that uh, I miss some. I'm, I feel I've let down Dwarden fans everywhere. <laughs> there are dozens of them. Right, next question. We're making good time. John says, this is the one that, before we started recording, I said, you might want time to think about this, but I don't want you to be thinking about it throughout the episode. You can so bring you, back one mechanism from AOS 1 or 2, swapped in place of one mechanism from the current AOS 3 season. What do you add and what do you take away? Can we just bring back the previous coherency rules instead of the yeah. current ones? Is that allowed? That's Does pretty that count easy. as a mechanism? Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, pretty much. What else think... have we lost from earlier ones apart from the really silly rules about you have to have a beard? I feel like it's got more complicated, um... but I can't think what's gone. What I would say, I'd, assuming you would take coherency from old AOS, I would. What I would, what I want to return with a V to, is uh, bidding off reinforcements, and just go back to how it was before, please. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that mechanic works. I don't think it's impactful. In any way, I think the yeah, only times fine. it's impactful are just to be fucking annoying, and like either you can take too much or you just take enough of the thing. Yeah, and particularly as someone who used to play Skaven, it's deeply annoying. <laughs> yeah, I can't actually think of a time when it's been a res- actual restrictive for me in any way. Yeah. So it's fine. I love that you chose to describe yourself there as someone who used to play Skaven. <laughs> Despite, I know you still have a Skaven army. I do, yeah. Um, um, yeah, it was a Skaven army bought it for, for second edition mechanics. Yeah. Um, and built with that in mind. And the way that mechanic has impacted Skaven is that I now have models that I essentially can't use. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of, I can't really think of any better answer than coherency. I think coherency bad. The thing I would like to add is not actually from AOS 1 or 2, as far as I remember although I didn't ever play too much of one, is I would like the fighting in ranks from that they've been trying out with battalions and stuff yes. to just be a core rule yeah. like it is in 40k. Absolutely. And yeah, I think at this point, based on where new 40k is going, I would be willing to bet money on it now for AOS and fourth. It does so. feel quite lightly, right? You would hope. I would only it's, like it for battleline units. I don't think it should be for everything or make, might make some things too good, makes, don't know. puts you into a weird position. What they actually need to do is just come up with more concepts for things beyond just battleline artillery. Yes, that would that be would also that, be cool. yeah. Having more ways to differentiate between those types of units would be very helpful. I've seen like suggestions of having like the old special category where you're just limited in how many you can take to stop. Mm. So that... like. Some spamming some things is fine. Spamming some other things is not fine. And like that seems like a fairly easy way to fix that. Yeah. Without having to go like down the stupid forty k rule of three way. One thing I'd like to see, maybe like taken from old editions and the current edition, and maybe like jammed together, is looking at battle tactics and what did they used to be called? Like secret objectives or secret agendas, and Mm. mashing those two mechanics together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not having to do as much busy work in each turn, and also just bid off grand strats as part of this. Yes, not having yeah. to do as much busy work in each turn, but still having that element of choice game to game to game. I would, I would enjoy that. I like that. That's a really good show. Right, we've got 13 minutes left. Easy. Let's crack on. Dine says, "Is it maybe good actually that faction balance is constantly shifting, even a bit wildly?" Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, cool, done. But we, <laughs> but we reserve the right to moan about it. I think a shifting matter is really healthy for yeah. not only like the game, but in also and like people's abilities to do well with different things. But also as a result of that, people's attitude to the game. You see people in, and I mean the the sort of joke comparison here is like my attitude to Seraphon. <laughs> but you see people in like forty k arenas all the time who have like decades long hatreds of a give like a specific faction quite often tau because of like 
the way that they play. And while it is true in 40k that it fluctuates as well, like, you say Tau play a lot like Cowardred Overlords? <laughs> a little bit. They're all shooting and they go around in boats. But yeah, I think it's good that it fluctuates. And I think Eros does have a bit of a cycle of like new book, very good, <laughs> down to normal. And then something else will come out in six months and suddenly that book is at like 40% or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think it's, it's not... Just... Mm. Stuff balances out better, yeah. I think. And I think part yeah. of that cycle is just it takes a bit of time to get to know a book and how to counter it and stuff. So I don't I don't think the new book thing is always just about power creep, if you like. No, yeah, it's but, not always, yeah. yeah. But I definitely also, think it, 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 it takes the designers quite a long time to like ease into an edition. Like you can really feel the difference in how comfortable they are with third from those first few tomes to now. It's yeah. huge. Like the difference, yeah. like how playful they're getting with heroic actions, with monstrous rampages, with enhancements, versus those like first few books were like Harry Wall Scrolls and some other stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And also, like, if you look back into like old fantasy battle or whatever, you would have the same meta. For like five years with high one, elves, high with elves one, winning games for five years <laughs> with like one FAQ and maybe mm. like two army books, and that would suck. Well, here you go. Now you can see that if you look into the future as well as the past. <laughs> yeah, <also. So> <laughs> <laughs> Baron says, Starborn or Coalesced, and relatedly, it's a massive hero phase, a bad experience for the other player. <laughs> It depends what you want out of your army. Both there's compelling reasons to take both Starborn and Coalesced. Depends I say what you want. Neither skeleton. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think actually think it's really cool that they've made them more different now. Because I think mm. you can pick whichever one you want yeah. and do something more interesting narratively with it if you want to. Yeah, what we'd yeah. say is you're very very now forced down in terms of model line what you're taking with those. So like yeah, if you want lots that. of skinks, you are taking Starborn. Yeah. And if you yeah. want lots of Saurus, you're probably taking Starborn. No, I'm getting cursed. But it's I do like the sort of different things. Yeah. Sorry. I do like the <laughs> Go, Laura, go. No, you go. <laughs> We're gonna take us off on a tangent. Okay. Matthew, you're going to have to edit this out. <laughs> no, I'm keeping it. Uh, I do like that they're sort of different options. I don't know enough about them to pick. On the hero facing, I will say, <laughs> yes, it can be a bit of a bad experience for the other player, but the hero face is quite interactive, depending on your army build. Like, if you're playing KO and someone's playing Zinch or something, or Blumeneth, yeah, you're going to stand there watching them cast spells for a while. I do think... It is on you as the player who has a long hero phase to do it efficiently and make it interesting for your opponent in a way. Like, if you stand there, and I do this sometimes, especially with Lumineth, if you like stand there for 10 minutes, like silently thinking about what spell you want to cast, then that is so boring for the other person. But you can be chatting, you can have a game plan that make it way more efficient. I have been wondering, like, would it be cool to be able to, in a limited way, cast spells in your opponent's hero phase? But I think maybe that just makes it even longer again. Yeah. 
I think realistically, but, most armies have a phase, at least one phase mm. that is long for them, right? So, like, KO, your shooting phase is the big one. For some armies, it is just a combat phase and you do loads yeah. of stuff. And I think, which is right, and so, and, and all of them are, in fact, the shooting phase is probably the least interactive one in some ways. And, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd put yeah. shooting and long shooting and long hero phases are like the same level of annoyance. And yeah. then, sort of, long movement phase is fairly annoying, but you. It's quite easy to mitigate it if you're practiced with your army, and yeah. you do. There is some back and forth with that now, as much as redeploy honks. and uh, like a long combat phase is like fine. That's the game. Yeah, yeah, stuff is happening. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I would broadly agree. I think we've got time for one more. Hell yeah. Uh, on. We have had more than one more, so we'll save oh some for the next one. We we've, we've got we've got seven minutes. Let's, let's we can okay quick fire because it kind of feeds off of that last one. Then, how do you handle the feeling? This is from Nick. How do you handle the feeling that you're giving your opponent a negative play experience? Whether that's because your army has a reputation, or that the best way for you to win is just very non-interactive for an opponent. I think it depends what kind of game you're playing. Like in a tournament, you should not worry about that at all. You have brought an army because you want to try and win the game with that army and it is completely fine to play it in a non-interactive way. And the way you handle it is just to try and be a good opponent in all ways. Otherwise, make sure you do all the stuff, you know, chat to them and explain Mm -hmm. what you're doing properly and that kind of thing. And you should not worry at all about running a good list that's going to do what it does. I think in yeah, a casual game, rude. it's a little bit more on you to think about, are you bringing a list that is going to be fun? And if the answer is very clearly no, don't bring it or have a chat to your opponent before and say, I'm going to bring this. Are you happy to run against that? And do you want to tailor your army yeah. to it a bit? That wasn't very quick yeah. fire. Sorry. Well, I agree. My I quick fire agree. Is, yeah. If yeah. you, in either of those circumstances, the best way of not making it a super negative experience is like, not to be miserable when your Rube Goldberg machine doesn't do exactly what you want it to do, because that really comes across to the person you're playing against. (laughs) Cool. Good answers. Squiz says, how do you guys decide on what paint schemes you get to go for when painting units or even armies? I seem to struggle with deciding between multiple schemes quite a lot or multiple possible schemes quite a lot. Same goes for deciding which techniques to use once I've got an idea in my mind of how I want them to look like. Any advice for a not seasoned painter? Uh, My advice is I use tutorials a lot still because someone else has done the legwork of working out which paints cover well and work well together. In terms of choosing a paint scheme, sometimes I choose it on law, sometimes I choose it on just I think it looks cool. I think armies for the most part these days, GW especially, is really like pushing down that it doesn't matter what colour stuff is yeah, painted. Definitely. So you no can just make it look how you want. Yeah. Well, certainly, yeah, certainly, even if GW argue that they care, no one actually cares. So In AOS for uh, sure, nobody cares. Yeah. So, yeah. I And then it's sort of like it's trite, but the sort of two thin coats, base, wash, highlight, or like contrast layer, highlight. Yeah. Face texture and a tuft gets you so far. Faces and bases. <laughs> when I start an army these days, I will look, I'll watch like three or four different YouTube videos on how different people have painted it, and I go, I look, I then go, what looks, what do I think looks coolest? What do I think is easily replicable by me? And then those two results will decide how I paint the army. 
yeah. there's one army I haven't basically done that with was Deepkin, and that army was held paint. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give a very unhelpful answer that usually the paint scheme is kind of part of my narrative vision for the army in the first place, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I usually have a very strong idea of what paint scheme I want going in, and then I'll paint a test model or two and see if it works. But I don't tend to do a lot of research into it beforehand. It's more kind of usually I try and have a narrative concept that suggests a paint scheme with it to some extent. Yeah. Test models is another just great advice, regardless of how you're picking your color scheme and your method. Just like paint, paint one and see if you actually enjoy it as well. Because, you know, yeah. I have lots of armies where I like the result I've achieved. And some of those took about a third of the time of others because I enjoyed myself while I was painting them and just wanted yeah. to keep going. And make uh, sure that the one with you paint is the most bog standard thing that you are going to be painting yes. the most of. Yeah. 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 Minis are robust, even if you like fully paint something and don't like it, honestly, at least once you can just prime straight over that and no one will notice. It's not like it's going to have completely yeah. been caked in paint. So, Unless you're uh, painting that straight out of the pot like me. Well, yeah. All right. I think we've failed at quickfire questions. We might now have to yeah. save remaining questions and instead well, do quickfire no. outro. <laughs> The only one was the only last one was why is AOS objectively the best GW game apart from Kill Team? Obviously, that's from JD. It does have the best models. You were right. Yeah, yeah, it's the model range and the, yeah. the sort of supporting law, in my opinion. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Okay. Um, right, outro. Go. Outro. <laughs> Thanks for hosting us, Tony. Plus, to people, we will have socials, and I think this time we will be posting our socials as show notes. Oops. <laughs> we have been three and two. I've been Matthew Ward, and this has been Laura and Rich. Bye. Hello. No, bye. That one. <laughs> I love uh, it. Follow us on 32AOS on Twitter. That's the best place. If you do have more questions, email the tiny plastic people at gmail.com and put three and two in the subject. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Bye. bye.